This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Uh, Troy was almost like manager himself, really, to be honest. So Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us today, Tommy Hoban. Hello, Tommy. How are you? All good. Thank you, guys. Glad to be on. Looking forward to having a little chat. Yeah, awesome. Tommy, thank you. Uh, as, as Justin just said, thank you for joining us. It's uh, a massive honour to speak to you. Um, we're big fans of yours um, and we're, we're going to touch on a few things. But I kind of just want to I, w- I want to go right back, if we can, just right at the beginning. So I'm, I'm right in saying, um, youth-wise, you were with Arsenal. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I started, um, you know, like most boys do nowadays, coming through the academy um, at Arsenal. Got scouted when I was, uh, I think it was seven. So my dad was like coach of my sort of local team. And um, and yeah, I got scouted at, I think, yeah, seven, eight, and then joined Arsenal under nines. And um, I was there until under 14s when got told not good enough, never going to make it. Um, <laughs> So I was to move on, and um, but yeah, thankfully, uh, one of my old coaches from Arsenal was actually joining Watford at a similar time and put in sort of a good word for me. And um, yeah, then going to Watford, that's when everything really sort of got going for me. Yeah, I mean, you're um, I, I was talking to Justin every now and again, we sort of put our heads together and say, Who can we get? Who, who's who's available, and, and so forth. And you're a player that you know, from your when you started and got into the first team to, to when you, you obviously left Watford, there's so much change. And, and so many things that, that have gone on and what I kind of want to do is try and just get a little flavour of sort of that progression and then obviously we'll get we'll get on to, to you know the other clubs as well that, you, that you've been at as well but just yeah. going but just going back so you made your debut 2011 May uh, I think I was at the game Preston were you there really wow yeah no, yeah we lost definitely a proper fan it was last game of the season last game of the season yeah, yeah. Yeah, you came yeah. on in the first half, I think, if I remember. That was it, yeah. I think we were actually winning when I came on and then ended up losing 3-1. Obviously, wasn't your fault, mate. I remember the game. Me, <laughs> but, 
yeah no that was um yeah obviously a day that I'll I'll never forget incredibly like you know proud moment you know it feels like you've been working towards that your whole life and you know suddenly you you made your first team debut and I was you know just over the moon absolutely buzzing but probably didn't realize that that is literally the very first step on a, you know a, a long long ladder and you know I felt like oh I've made it at the time but you know I hadn't even started yet hadn't even you know half made it yet at that stage so that was under under Malky, Malky and um, that was his his last game actually I think he ended up leaving then that summer and, and going to Cardiff yeah I, I always kind of when I look back at it I guess I was I was kind of the last of that sort of that kind of era generation of sort of boys coming through at what yeah. that stage because um, around that time there was a lot of homegrown players sort of making their debuts and that was kind of the business model of the club I like just business model of the club if you like just sort of bringing through you know young players and hopefully you know one in every five or six will do really well and they, they'd sell them and and sort of make money and um but yeah I think I, I was probably quite lucky really that I came through just sort of in that time because obviously not long after since um you know the Pozos took over you know the club's obviously just gone to a whole new level and become a completely different club and it's it's a lot more difficult for uh, the young boys coming through now to kind of get that chance but um mm. but yeah no I'd say Preston was um yeah a special day for me and my family and yeah it seems a long time ago now. <laughs> So, yeah, so awesome. when the when the did, Pozos did, took over oh, and, and and the arrival of Zola, so many players coming in on loan and, and permanently, <clears throat> how did that make you feel having just broken into the team? I think for me at that stage, it was it was just still kind of I probably wasn't experienced enough to kind of understand the implications it would have in terms of you know the making it sort of more difficult to get into the team. I mean, I was just a, a kid really still at the time. I was only eighteen, and for me, like I was a, a massive Chelsea fan growing up. So Zola coming in was just oh. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Wow. You know, it was, it was incredible. Like he was literally my my sort of childhood hero, and next thing he's coaching me, and you know, I was literally just starstruck every time I ran past him. Kind of thing. <laughs> and, and he's like joining in in training and stuff, and it's you know, it's it was it was incredible. So I think for me personally, it was you know, I didn't really think too much of the you know the bigger sort of implications and stuff. But I guess that maybe in some ways that helped me as well because I just you know I was just enjoying playing football and. It was my first kind of proper season with the first team. So I was just, you know, I had no expectations on myself. I, was, mm. I think the year before I'd been alone at Wildstone and um, hadn't even played there that much. And, you know, I was just just making the most of kind of every, um, you know, every minute in training. And suddenly, you know, all these sort of new players are coming in, you know, experienced players, you know, European players that, you know, we hadn't had at Watford for a long time. So, yeah, it was all just like really enjoyable really for me at the time. And things like on, around that time, they changed, um, you know, so much for me from a football perspective I mean I went from not really playing at Wildstone too much the season before to you know starting regularly in the championship within the space of four months so it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind and I did, probably didn't really have time to think about it all um sort of too much as it was happening but um but yeah it was a uh, you know really enjoyable time and definitely one of the best sort of parts of my career really. It, was that a bit of a culture shock going to Wildstone you know from what from the training facilities and, and, and so forth for a player that you know you, you've been in a, in, in a youth setup facility-wise it's it's quite good. I, I kind of wonder what it's like to drop to that. You know, no disrespect to Wilstone, they're actually doing really well at the moment. But yeah. just what it, what it's like for a player to to kind of go from from the facilities that Watford have got to, to that. Yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, say so it, it's definitely a culture shock. But I think it's probably an important part of every player's kind of development and you know, sort of seeing the the reality of football. Really, mm. I mean, 
you know the prem and the champ is you know just a small percentage of players that are out there playing sort of professional football and even when you go down to sort of league one league two you know it's nothing like it is in the prem and the champ and then when you go to i think the ryman prem or we'll somewhere in at that stage it's you know it's nothing like league one league two so it was a bit of a shock but something that you know i'm really thankful that i had the opportunity to go there and felt like i did sort of learn a lot about pre men's football because i'd only ever played you know youth football up until that stage and then suddenly you're playing against you know 30 year old guys who are you know a lot more physical know how to use their body and still some good players at that level like i always mm. say i remember some of the boys that played with that wildstone and played against four wildstone were you know really good players and when i you know maybe compare them to guys that are, are in in the football league like there's really not much difference ability wise but you know for whatever reason they didn't either make it or yeah. want to make it and maybe financially they could be doing better by you know working whatever they do Monday and to doing, Friday doing it as a part-time thing and, and doing part-time yes yeah. so there's yeah. definitely some good players at that level so it was definitely you know a, a real kind of eye-opener and a good experience and yeah definitely one that I'd say you know helped me progress along my career is it just about yeah. getting the breaks then really I mean is it literally that I wouldn't say it's it's just that you know that I think there is an element of luck along the way with every um you know every player that makes it at the top level they if you look at their career you know whatever way you want to look at it be it sort of injury wise getting a break somebody yeah. else getting injured and getting a chance yeah you know that there's definitely moments that have helped along the way but at the same time i don't think it's fair to say you know it's just about that because you know the guys that make it at the top they put so much into it yeah and there's so much that people don't see that they do sort of on and off the pitch right so it's um you know that you can't i wouldn't say that it's you know it's all just because of getting breaks and stuff. So it, just moving it on slightly, so we get to the, to the to the following season. Now I could have this completely wrong. I think that you were either towards the end of your contract, or there was a there was a, a bit of a route that you might be moving, but you actually ended up signing a new contract. I think when you came back from Wilstone, I think um, you were that you were linked with a, a move away, but obviously it never never materialised. Yeah, and then yeah. for the for the for the better, really, in my opinion, because then you you kind of started to kick on that season. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. So I had um, sort of my time in the youth team. I'd, I'd done quite well and sort of pushed on. I made my debut under Malky, and that generates a bit of interest and stuff. And yeah. yeah, my contract I think was coming to the end. Oh, I was going into my last year, sort of, on my contract. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so when the, the Pozos came in, they kind of, I think they kind of looked at the whole squad and that they, you know, the Pozos have been there long enough to, for you to understand, like, they're a real sort of business-minded <laughs> yes. family. Yeah, 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 bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> certainly have. Yeah. As, as, um, as they go. So, like, you know, as soon as they come in, you know, the, the business hat was on. I think they were looking at the squad thinking, you know, where's the potential for, you know, profit and stuff here? And, you know, young players are, are that so I think they looked at you know myself I think Sean Murray as well at the time was obviously doing really well and a couple other young boys who um, had done well and they you know pretty much immediately offered us all sort of longer term contracts and I can't speak on behalf of all the other boys but for me personally you know being sort of 18 suddenly they're coming in offering a four five year deal on um, you know more not crazy money but more money, more money. than yeah. I was on at the time you know for an 18 year old I was like wow like this is amazing like, we'll have some of that I'll have some of that yeah. <laughs> that pen couldn't hit the paper quick enough kind no of no yeah and it's very clever really because obviously you know they're tying you down to sort of four or five year deal which at that time to them is you know it's 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 not on big money at all it's, it's nothing to them but um you know you go and then do well the next year which which I actually did and then yeah. suddenly you're worth a lot more and you're on this you're on a long-term deal and they've they've you're worth a lot of money to them because you've you're on a long deal and um suddenly you 
become you know really valuable and uh, that's obviously the model they've they kind of worked off and then they did it with a lot of players in uh, Udinese as well I just yeah. just something you, you said there and I just want to touch on it with regards to, to contracts and stuff do you have much dealings with the owners where it comes to that or is it all done kind of this person just deals with the contracts and I, I deal with them because I'm quite interested to know if, it, if you have much interaction with them at all I think it depends who you are what player you are to be honest um, me personally I never had any sort of direct dealings with the owner so there's like directors of football within the club and they are the ones who dealt with me and I think deal with a lot of the players then some players you know maybe a bit older a bit more experienced a bit more of a, a name if you like they might deal with the, the, the CEO or the owner directly Tommy Owen was never quite a big enough name to <laughs> get above he'd be banging on the owner's door saying oh, yeah exactly, exactly. But, um, but yeah I know I know other players um, definitely sort of would have dealt with, with people them directly. higher up yeah. the hierarchy than, than myself but I think that's the, the same probably at all clubs so just on that season again 12-13 uh, you got your I think it was two goals you scored for Watford I think you scored a, a goal away at Charlton the goal that wasn't actually a goal yeah well <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say that it. was a goal that's it goal that wasn't that was yeah exactly yeah no, that was yeah that was amazing I think that I scored then against Cardiff I think the week after they were yeah, we co- yeah it was, I knew it was close together I didn't know how close it was yeah yeah it was pretty close definitely yes that was um, yeah amazing I mean as I say that whole kind of period I went went from you know like 0 to 100 like in the space of literally a month like I'd never I played that one game a couple of seasons before but then the next season was kind of back with the youth team and then uh, I think I made my debut uh, well my second debut for like sort of that season around must have been the start of September something like that like, yeah. I didn't play the first few games of the season I was injured actually for a bit in pre-season then when I came back I got more or less went straight into the team and then yeah within a few weeks later I scored a couple of goals was sort of playing every game and it was just it was just amazing how quick things sort of change in football and and yeah it was it was obviously the team was doing really well at the time as well so it was a sort of really good time to come in that probably helped as well like going into a team that's that's it's winning buzzing. yeah yeah it's definitely as a young player it definitely helps I had some really sort of good experienced pros around me as well that helped massively and just sort of talking you through the games and and yeah it was, it was quality is, is there anyone in particular that you know probably that that season which is quite an important season that you were playing alongside that you kind of felt you know relaxed with or, or, or as you say they, they were kind of talking you through games and, and someone to kind of lean on for experience oh yeah definitely um, Fitz Fitzall do you remember Fitzall yeah yeah, yeah I remember yeah. Fitzall yeah. yeah so he was um, a lot of the games I played were at the back with him and probably Joel Ekstrand um, yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd, a few of them as well. But like Fitz was always kind of majority of the time the one next to me, and he was he must have been like thirty two at the time. Sort of comes to the end of his career, a really good career. Played a lot of games, you know, in the Prem, and he yeah massively, massively helped me. Just I learned sort of so much off him. It was just basically bullying me the whole time off the pitch, but in um, at the Sorry, time, I was, yeah. <laughs> but, um, which at the time you think, oh god, like just this guy can just leave me alone, sort of thing. But yeah, but now you look back at it, he was um, just quality and just yeah, really just like looked after me out there. I learned a lot of him, you know, tactically and yeah, just sort of helped me in that transition, you know, from like a boy to a man, really. Because yeah, you, you do go from literally just playing kids football, suddenly you're part of a men's team, and so so you know, all of a sudden you're playing with players like Cassetti, and you know, you got Almunia behind you as well. I mean, I was just about to say out and Manu as well. Didn't one like fits obviously alongside me and then like Manu behind like it was just yeah a couple of years earlier I was watching him just sat at home in Barcelona in the Champions, Play, yeah, League, Champions League final I know yeah 
Yeah, and it's, it's just um, so yeah, it's like having them guys around was 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 you know massive for my development and um, and yeah, like he, I say at, at the time, like I just I didn't even really see it. Just kind of saw it as just going playing football. And all these are kind of the new teammates, but then um, as you get older, you kind of realise the experience and stuff they had and how much they did help at the time. And yeah, it was um, definitely a sort of really special season. I think a really sort of good group as well, like a really nice sort of mix. It was that year between yeah. like the experience, the youth. Um, it was yeah, it was good. It's a shame was it, it was, ended in sort of that anticlimactic way at Wembley, really, because it was kind of yeah. it was building up nicely. There was that wonderful semi-final against Leicester, and yeah. just sort of sort of damped at the end, didn't it? It was all sort of a bit bleh at I the know, end of it. It's a know, shame. No, it was. But hey, we, we got there in the end, didn't we? Well, we did. <laughs> but we've it. said many times we'd take that game against Leicester and not win at Wembley because it's just still so special. That, that oh yeah, game. well that's it's one of the most famous moments in modern football, isn't it? it it is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. To, to actually have been there is, is just such a great thing and uh, you know we named our podcast after some of the commentary on that game that's how sort of oh, yeah. iconic it is yeah, yeah. you see so uh, yeah it still strikes a chord definitely oh definitely every time I watch it I still get goosebumps but, oh mate yeah. I'm telling you it's, it's just magic it really is but yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a good season yeah definitely. no it was a good season it was a good season and and going back a, a, a tiny bit for that, that that first season am I right in saying so towards the end of that season you picked up a bit of an Achilles injury yeah, that was kind of this, my first serious injury, and it wasn't actually. Yeah, at the time they, they kind of kept it quite cl- like quiet. The club was saying it was my Achilles, which at first we kind of thought it was, but um, it was actually my ankle in the end, and it was actually quite a ser- like a very serious injury, like the kind of thing that you know older players you know might have to retire from and stuff and wow. it, took, it, it took a long time to kind of realize what we we're going to do to actually fix it because there was a few different ways you kind of go about it and um i ended up going out to america and had an operation out there which um you know very grateful to Watford for sort of looking after me and stuff you know a few years earlier that probably wouldn't have been on the table that kind of you know treatment option but but it was yeah sort of big operation it's something i'm actually struggling with now like just recently it started to come back because they said it was kind of a thing that it whatever treatment i have it will fix it but long term it could basically come back again because um, it was like a cartilage and sort of bone wear and tear issue which is really weird for someone so young that's why they were all quite confused by it but um, but yeah so I went to America and thankfully they were able to, to sort it and it's literally been completely fine ever since then until <laughs> literally about four or five months ago but um, recently. just oh, recently it started to come back a little bit but, um, but yeah so unfortunately that ruled out the rest of that season I had the operation I got injured I think the last game I played I think was February and then I didn't have the operation until April yeah that was then me sort of ruled out until I think it was more or less the start of the next year so I missed that kind of whole run in playoffs which was very disappointing because obviously I felt like I was quite a big part of it the early part of the season and to have played at Wembley and stuff would have been would have been incredible but same time you know I wasn't you know it was disappointing but I was still just buzzing that the team were there and the boys were there and they obviously wasn't meant to be but it's fine. It, it, was it was it an injury that you, you picked up playing or is it just something that developed so yeah so I, I started to feel it around Christmas time I think and then I in early January got a bit too sore that I couldn't really play and I missed about three or four weeks I think if I remember rightly then I came back um, and played one game and it felt fine in the game and then I remember the next morning I woke up and oh, like, I could feel it again and then went into training and went out to train you know as soon as I went to try and run and stuff it was just you know way too painful so then they sent me for a scan then which I hadn't actually had before and then they saw 
the problem and um yeah it was they they were really shocked it was like it's the last thing they ever would have expected kind of thing but um and the kind of thing that you expect in yeah say like elderly people just like wear and tear of the joint basically but um wow so, so yeah so they think it could have possibly been something i was born with or like repeated ankle sprains caused it like a few surgeons actually said different things like uh, there's no way to know for sure sort of what caused it but um thankfully they were able to to you know sort of fix it in the end anyway I, I, i've got i mean i don't want to dwell too much on the on the injury stuff because it, it's more about you know the playing and, and everything but I, I think it's obviously a, a, a key part of you know of, of speaking to you because obviously you know at the end of it it's it's ended your career early and i, and I kind of want to not dive too deep into it but just try to get an understanding what it's like to be out injured you know watching the boys going out to train and not being able to join in i mean that, that must that's got to be hard hasn't it it's very it's very tough yeah i think when it's yeah, the first one the first couple of injuries when i'm young and stuff you kind of think oh you know it's all right i've got loads of time it's mm-hmm. fine all right even if i miss a year now i've got I've got ages like i'll be yeah. back and that kind of was how it was maybe until maybe like 23 24 you know you start to realize uh, you know it's another one another one another one like mm-hmm. i'm just keep doing this and then um so yeah it's it's really tough and you, all you want to be you know how they're doing is playing football when you're at home and you know when you're in the gym you know people say oh it's it's fine you know use it as a year develop yourself come back stronger and yeah that's that's all well and true but it maybe if it's one injury but when it's you know five or six and you're missing out five or six years of football like you need to be developing yourself as a player not just becoming a beast in the gym yeah that's right yeah obviously (laughs) obviously i am now but um <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, it, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's mentally very tough, and like it takes a toll on uh, you know on yourself mentally, and then also you get older and you have sort of kids, my misses and stuff. Like it's it's hard for them as well because you know when I'm coming home, I'm a bit down or whatever. It's it's hard to just yeah. sort of lift yourself every day, and then you know it's not great for them either when you're just you know and you're not being great around the house. You're just kind of you know, in a shell if you like, and it's it's mm. it's definitely tough. And I have a, a lot of sympathy for you know a lot of boys that do obviously go through it because obviously going through myself you can you know understand it and it's and, it, and it's but it's yeah it's, it's part of being an athlete though I mean in, in not just football every sport you know it's something you have to deal with but you know it's it, looking back at it all like now though like you know I, I generally don't have any regrets like everyone's journey is different and through every injury I always say like you know I've met people I've learned stuff I've learned stuff about myself and you know everyone's path isn't you know your path isn't always maybe what you thought it was going to be when you you set out mm. but um I've, I've still really enjoyed it and my path is still ongoing like, I don't know if I'm only you know almost 28 years old you know I'm still so young I don't know what's going to come in my life so I'm just looking forward to the future now really rather than dwelling on what could have been and, and stuff like that yeah great attitude mate great yeah, attitude absolutely yeah definitely now one question um, I'd quite like to ask is obviously we've had uh, another managerial switch with uh, within the past few weeks <laughs> it's unusual which is unusual now in the, the, the 24th 24- I, I was literally I, I kept on checking the calendar thinking it's got to be any day yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. By the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time I get this out, we'll be on a new manager. During the 2014-15 season, there was obviously quite a lot of uh, head coaches coming in. What is it like being a player with that happening? This sort of revolving door of managers. It's definitely not easy. I'd say in terms of you know, whenever a new manager comes in, you kind of have to prove yourself. If you want to prove yourself, especially as a young player, when you've got a bit of a name behind you, maybe it's you know, manager kind of he knows who you are. He's seen you playing 
for the last 10 years he knows what you're about but when you're young you know you need to kind of prove yourself so it was definitely frustrating for me personally at that time because I felt like every time I proved myself to a manager a new guy would come in start again but then, yeah. at, the, but then at the same time I feel like it did work well for us kind of that year because you know that the, the, them change as a manager probably I know a lot of them were in the early part of the season but it keeps you kind of sharp and you know mentally and like switched on like you have to be, always be at your best you have to be performing and there was so much sort of competition within that squad that year throwing on top of that sort of changing the managers everyone's you know wanting to prove themselves I think it it probably did help to get the best out of us and then obviously we did get a bit of um, stability then second half of the season Mr Jukanovic yeah absolutely um, Jukanovic yeah who I I really liked I thought was um, you know looking back probably one of the best managers I've had sort of in terms of like tactics and like stuff like that which I thought he was actually really good and um, and yeah we kind of got that bit of stability then and um, yeah I think I know everyone says what they say about the Pozos and changing managers and stuff but at the end of the day they run you know Watford as a business and changing the managers has you know done so well for the club in in recent times so that particular season there was sort of you know a few circumstances there was obviously illnesses and stuff and sort of a bit of a caretaker period and that kind of thing so it wasn't all strictly you're not performing off you go kind of thing yeah that's true yeah but do yeah. you do you as, as players get wind of this change coming or is it when it's yeah, announced it's literally it's literally you find out when we find out as fans no it's it's probably we find out after you find out to be honest. oh really <laughs> we tell you <laughs> a lot of the fans are like looking on you know social media and stuff like I know some of the players probably do as well but I try to kind of stay away from a lot of that myself and um, so yeah so sometimes I'd be turning up the next day and then who's this guy <laughs> like manager got sacked yesterday that's, that's really unsettling yeah but yeah so like it, it, I think it depends who you are as a player really but yeah we, we definitely don't hear before before you guys do I think it's usually a journalist or something that leaks it somehow and then it's it's out there isn't it and then um, yeah and yeah by the time you know the world knows it's usually before the first day of training kind of thing so does having a strong captain like Troy help through these um, periods of instability I guess he probably did yeah I guess in terms of uh, Troy was almost like the manager himself really to be honest so as right. long as he was saying there wasn't really that much change <laughs> but, um, but yeah I, I guess I, I guess it did yeah because um, like having that kind of maybe like a bit like I guess like someone like Troy almost kind of like sets like the culture of the club if you know what I mean he's such a strong sort of personality a strong character and you kind of get more sort of in the dressing room from someone like Troy and, and your captain than you do kind of from the managers like we obviously see the manager out on the pitch and stuff but the day to day just kind of you know like the banter just the, like the chat the feel around the place probably comes more from the players and the, the culture created you know within the dressing room and stuff like that and he's obviously a massive part of that so I think I think yeah having stability sort of from him and and senior players um, was probably maybe more important I think that year really um, one thing I do want to touch on uh, involving Mr Yukanovic scary guy actually look, he look, always worried me Yukanovic he actually wasn't he, he had was that he look yeah he, he just had that he, face he was just so like, chill like he was so chill but um, I'm, I'm going back to quite a famous um, video actually which was I think you were on the bench against Brighton the, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah when we got up so you all I assume you were on the coach when you found out yeah we were yeah yeah well, what was that like? Just take me inside oh, there. Oh, it was amazing. I think there was a video or something. There was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
was, yeah, that's that's what, now, yeah. Interestingly, I think we asked Alman Abdi this, but didn't he go home with Joel Ekstrand in a car or something? They w- they left, they weren't on the coach. Yeah. <laughs> they were on the coach. Apparently yeah, not, yeah, apparently not. Yeah, so yeah, they might have driven back from the game, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's up to you to there, They were definitely there for the night out after <laughs> that. <laughs> well, we'll come to that in a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, um, but yeah, so I think um, we were driving back just when we got back to the training ground. So the, was it Norwich? I think Norwich were playing someone. I can't Brentford. remember who playing. Brentford. And was was there like a last minute goal? Last minute goal, yeah. yeah. Equalized. I think it was a draw or something like that. that yeah. was it. it was like, wasn't it like 3-3 three, three or something? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Quite a big, like, yeah. But um, so the game was going back and forth, you know, on the bus. And then we thought, ah, oh, Norwich are one. Like, it's going to, you know, go another week, whatever. And then obviously if we start seeing, like literally just as we we're about to get off the bus, I think Brentford scored. And then we all just literally just went crazy. Like, the bus honestly almost tipped over. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we pulled up and went still on the motorway. But oh, it was just it was just amazing. Like, whose idea was it to go into the town? Then I can't remember whose idea. I think it was just it was just a natural place that Let's we go. were going to go. Yeah, like it was the closest place. We we're all just kind of there in our tracksuits. I think yeah, because obviously we all went out in our tracksuits still because we yeah. hadn't we had a chance to sort of go home or anything. And oh, it was it was amazing. Like definitely the best night, um, best night of my life. Definitely for, fantastic. For, for a mile. But but yeah, I think we went to like a pub at the start and then um, there were some fans actually in there I think a few fans were lucky enough to sort of be in there kind of with us and then we were just like singing just like all of our own songs and stuff for like hours oh, brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant and, and then um, and then uh, did we get some food or something I can't remember if we were in yeah you're in a, a, the Italian restaurant I forget the name of it now we're at the top of town I think you, you guys Zinko's uh, was it Zinko's that was it yeah, yeah I, mean, I think that was it yeah, and yeah. We could, nobody could get near but again there was people in there you know, yeah who, and there were some people I've like, seen there when we turned up yeah and then and then I think after that we went to um, to Oceana or something and <laughs> I can't actually remember much of it from oh, <laughs> an honest Answer. But I know that it was a great night, definitely. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was chaos in the town centre. It was it was quality yeah. though. But yeah, I, I remember um, you know, people shouting at, at Troy, you know, the song like what do you think of Luton and Yeah. Really, yeah, it was just awesome. <laughs> it was proper all to get it th- th- for the first. Well, that was the last time, and I generally mean this, where I think we all properly felt part of it. If, if really? that makes sense, and yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm I'm not trying to sort of down what the what the pop stars have done at all. I'm I'm not. We haven't had sort of that again. And and, and I know we've got that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, too, that's and I, we've really gone on an amazing. Like after that, obviously we've gone to the Premier League the, the following yeah. season, which which we'll come to in a second. But I think that was the last time we. I, I, me personally, I properly felt part of it, you know, like yeah. really linked and close to it. I don't know. Yeah, what no, I know. I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, say stuff like, you know, it's a different club, like the clubs mm. change. And I remember a few fans that I spoke to like saying that their favourite time sort of was, you know, them early Pozo years or even yeah. the, the late years before kind of when. Yeah, Matty um, Vidras and, and, you know, all those all those kind of players. Um, yeah. You know, at the time we were all going, what is going on? But it, I guess it was sort of what Newcastle or something like that is about to go through now oh, they're going to get this exactly, influx yeah. of players and you just you just don't know what's going to happen so it was it was really yeah. exciting now it's i don't want to say it's bottomed out but it's it's not the same and, and yeah. I, it's hard to put you know into words but it's it's, it's not the same feeling around the place no it's... i wonder what it would have been like last year if all the fans had 
been able to go if they go well, yeah, I agree. It, but... I mean, we did manage to get up to the pond on the final day or the, the day when we got promoted, and there was a really good atmosphere. But it, 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 yeah, it did feel a little bit as if a lot's been missing up until this point. If you see what I mean, it was a bit kind yeah, of a yeah, yeah. spontaneous party that hadn't really been planned. It was, yeah, I think you're right. There is definitely a, I think there's a bit of a disconnect between players and fans these days, which saddens me because certainly when I was growing up, you know, players weren't accessible, but you felt that you could talk to them or you would be able to meet them somehow. I think, you know, open days now aren't quite as open as they were when I was a young lad. So yeah. we don't do it. I, mean, I, think it's like that. I think from like a lot of players point of view as well, I reckon a lot of them now, like because of social media and stuff. And uh, I know there's What's a lot of really the fans out there, but then there's also a lot of, you know, some of the players, like the abuse that you can get after games and stuff. If you, if you don't have such a good game, yeah. you lose well, and whatever. Yeah, the players see it a lot more now than they would have used to. It used to just would have been people having a chat down the pub after a game, whatever, and they didn't sort of wouldn't go anywhere. I, I guess I always think that probably makes players put up more of a shield nowadays because they're probably, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day that you know we're all human and great point. Well, that's an interesting perspective, emotions, yeah, and stuff yeah. As, as anyone else, and and I, I think that probably adds to that disconnect in a way. I know people think it it connects you sort of more social media, but I think with footballers, yeah, in my yeah no I, great argument to that yeah I, I, I get that you know it, it's it's so it's rife out there you know and it is and, yeah, yeah. and I'm, unfortunately and I, and I guess you're absolutely right if you know me and Justin go down the, the pub and say Troy had a nightmare today that's yeah. between me and Justin you know exactly, yeah. if, if we go and post it onto his his Facebook or sorry his Facebook like he uses Facebook his Twitter account <laughs> it's that opinion is then out there isn't it so exactly. yeah, I, I, yeah I get that yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually understood that perspective so that's quite interesting to hear that to be honest because mm. yeah. yeah I mean it might have been a bit of the fan mail in the old days I guess you might have got through the post but now it's instant isn't yeah. it it's like bang straight after a game you had exactly, a shocker exactly. and, and usually like with that kind of thing for a fan to sit there and write it out by the time they wrote out they think you know what oh, I'm not actually gonna, I'm not sending it yeah, <laughs> not send it. yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> got to walk to the post box yeah, yes, exactly. exactly yeah, yeah. But yeah. social media is bang 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 in the moment yeah. it's just dangerous like that though it yeah. is dangerous yeah. you know right. on, on yeah. any walk of life not just footballers anything now it's yeah, it's sad yeah, really yeah, the way yeah. it's gone so you're now a Premier League player were you at towards the end of your contract for that season as well yeah yeah so thank, thankfully I did sign that uh, contract then because I obviously I had a good year sort of that year before mm. we got promoted and was getting a bit of interest and stuff again and Pozzo basically did exactly what they did when they first came in again offered another sort of four year deal on you know much better money as well than I'd, I'd ever been on before like really yeah. good money and you know I love Watford so it's club had been amazing to me it was kind of my club my home and we just got to the premiership so I saw it as um, you know this is the start and you know I still feel if I was more sort of fortunate with injuries I'd probably I feel like I could have kicked on then that sort of next year and stuff yeah unfortunately it wasn't wasn't so meant to be but yeah yeah, that was um, obviously Kike Sanchez Flores's um, first stint at the club. We won't mention yeah. the second stint. Um, <laughs> sure. What was what was he like? I mean, I don't know how much sort of time you you spent with him. I mean, a completely different, I guess, animal to what we'd kind of had before. Yeah, he was he was completely different. And I, I spent the majority of that season, unfortunately, injured. So I didn't actually get to train like train with him as much as other managers. But I did get to train with him a bit like in pre season, and then there was a couple of times during the season where I kind of almost 
almost got back fit for like breaking down or whatever again. So I did get to see some and he was, he, I actually, I really liked him. He was like very, very passionate. So like almost like like Pep Guardiola kind of style in terms of his like enthusiasm and, and stuff like that on the pitch, which was, which was, you know, really nice to see, like quite infectious. Dean Austin was a part of his coaching staff yeah. as well. So Dean was sort of really good at me personally. So yeah, it's a shame that I didn't really get to sort of train with him more because I felt like I probably would have learned a lot more as a player like tactically very um I remember him being sort of really on it sort of tactically in terms of like just very like small details you know being very important and stuff you know step in one yard like um getting somebody in just like like moving as a unit stuff like that which which yeah obviously as a defender I, I think the defensively we were quite good that year weren't we as well I think yeah um, right yeah yeah we um well we made uh came in that season didn't he and then we Prodal, had yeah, like, was it Craig and Prodal who played most of the yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. we were but I think like, I, can, I think like they didn't concede too many goals and they were quite you know like tight defensively and um I think yeah that would have been a lot down to you know his sort of style of sort of coaching and mm. style of management and stuff so yeah he was all and he was really he was a really nice guy as well very bubbly you know, around the place but um, so yeah Again, we, so we, we come to a point where you go out and loan Blackburn Rovers, top north, as they say. Yeah. Just just from a, a, a fan, you know, I, I assume you were obviously based in the local area of Watford. You, you've got a missus. You, you say to her, I don't know if you've got an agent, what, however it works, but um, right, Blackburn are interested. We're, we're off to Blackburn. How does it how does it all sort of pan out alone? Because obviously I, I assume you'll, you'll, have, you'll know of the interest and maybe have a, a, a choice at where you, where you want to play your football. You kind of, you know the interest, but it was always sort of with Watford. I could never go anywhere on loan until they agreed that you can go. It would often, you know, it would take weeks, months for, for like the club to decide if you can go on loan. It, it was never sort of that straightforward. But I think um, once they do make that decision that you can go, then everything happens really quick. And so Quickly. I think, yeah, with, with Blackburn, it was it was towards the end of that preseason. I was actually a little bit disappointed, I remember, because I'd, I'd obviously I'd been injured the whole year before and I kind of just got back. I felt like I'd actually had quite a good preseason. I think you played as well in the League Cup, if I remember. I think I did, yeah. There was Stevenage, I think thing. it was. was Stevenage, yeah. Yeah, someone, I, I think you did play. I do remember seeing you in the old stripy shirt, that's why. I... Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was, and I felt like I'd had a decent, it was Mazzari, wasn't it? Was he the manager then? I think he was. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah it would have been yeah. Mazzari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, I felt like I'd yeah, had a decent pre-season. And, but you know what it was? I, I'd wanted to go on loan the whole pre-season. But, cause I, because I hadn't played the year before, like me and my agent were saying, Oh, you need to get out play games this year just show everyone you're fit again and get back going and so I really wanted to get out but then I had a good pre-season and I felt like oh you know what I could I really I feel like I could get in this team at some point this year like maybe not right now but at some point I could and then um, after that after one of the games I literally I think about a week less than a week before the season started they came to my agent and said right yeah you, you can go we're gonna we're gonna be signing another defender so you can go on loan and I think I'm not sure if it was Kabul maybe they signed or oh Eunice um, Kabul yeah but yeah so and they said right you, like you can't go on loan so yeah so when um it basically came home said to my missus uh, i think i can go on loan. i think that, that that night i got a call from the blackburn manager and he kind of sold blackburn to me sort of very well <laughs> god <laughs> he's done well at that point blackburn they weren't that long relegated from the prem they were still fairly quite a big club and i didn't yes. i'd never i'd never been to blackburn so that was the he would he would park yeah lovely ground actually i've been i've been he would park a couple of times yeah no the, yeah well the ground's amazing yeah outside of the grounds debatable yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not it's not the best yeah yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I've got to be careful what I say but you enjoyed your time up there and, and... yeah well it's, it, it started really well like the first two months I was 
I was playing probably, you know, some of the best football I've been playing. Like, because I'd, I'd had a good pre-season in Watford. I was feeling fit, strong, like everything was going really well. The team wasn't doing great, but like my own performances were, were quite good. You know what I mean? So it's mm. kind of, it's hard of it because you know, there's the, there's the how the team does, but then also personally, you're looking at your own performances and sometimes you can be playing terrible, but the team's winning and everything's, you know, not everyone <laughs> says, oh, you're, you're quality, but then other times you can be playing really well, but the team isn't, doesn't really get noticed. But that was definitely one of them periods I felt like I was, I was doing well. Yeah, I'm ready to just have a good year and then come back to Watford and hopefully and try and get in the Watford team and um, mm. but yeah unfortunately I did much I, I fell uh, well actually no I got someone grabbed my arm in training Wes, Wes Brown it was actually he grabbed my arm and sort of pulled it and like dislocated my shoulder but quite badly so I had to have an operation and I missed about four four and a half months with that and then didn't get back until I think it was at like the end of March and so I missed yeah like November December yeah it was end of March I got back November December January Feb and then mid-March and then by the time I'd come back the manager had changed and I did play a bit at the end of the season but um, just kind of a bit part and so it ended up being just another really frustrating frustrating mm. year really and then uh, well this is the one that, that surprised me was the Aberdeen move and I don't want to be disrespectful to Scottish football because at the end of the day this is this is a, my perspective on it but I can't imagine what it's like to go and play at somewhere like Rafe Rovers and <laughs> then the following then the following week you're playing in front of 70,000 people at Celtic it's just a funny old division the um, weird league isn't it yeah and Aberdeen are, you know obviously their history up there is, is a bit of Sir Alex Ferguson and, and and I think I'm right in saying did you play in the UEFA Cup that season yeah against Burnley yeah, that Burnley it, that yeah. was it you had yeah. Burnley yes yeah. it was that season so after that Blackburn yeah I went back to Watford and then unfortunately did my ACL in that first summer so I missed I missed that whole year and then it was kind of getting to the stage where I, I needed I need, I need to go out and play games this year mm. three years now I hadn't played any football hardly Aberdeen like why did I go there probably again it's that the manager so I spoke to the manager and he just um, he sold it to me really well he seemed like like so keen and I just felt like I wanted to be somewhere that year where I was really valued I'm definitely going to play they like me and it was because there was a few championship teams that were interested it was just yeah he just seemed so sort of eager and keen to get me up there and just mm. that's that's as a player that's what you want to hear you want to be somewhere you're you're valued and uh, so I went up there and to be honest I didn't really know much about Aberdeen or how big a club it actually it's, was but it's, it's north that's very it's, north it's very, that's all I knew I, I seen it on the weather it's you know, the very cold yeah. up there it's one, very cold in there. There. <laughs> I've been to Aberdeen it's not warm up there at all it's not it's <laughs> definitely not it's very grey the city is like Every every building's made of grey. They call it like the Granite City. The Granite City, just, yeah. Thing, I, I say that now, but I'd, I'd go back and live up there. Really? <laughs> you, like, Would you? Oh, really? I honestly, I'm so glad that I went there because as a, as an area, like outside. So we the first time I went there, and we kind of lived more in the city. But the second time, like last year, we lived sort of just outside in the country, and it's it's amazing. Like in terms of you know, I'm just from suburbs of London. That's all I was ever kind of used to growing up. And then you go up there, like you just got these mountains, like the, the scenery. Take just, a big breath and you're like oh, that feels nice honestly it's amazing like we'd open our front door we'd just see like it was just sheep and like cows outside like these big rolling hills and then you go 20 minutes down the road you're, you're on the beach these like massive sandy beaches it's it's just it's just a complete different sort of way of life and we ended up loving it up there sort of second you know last year when we were there and in terms of the lifestyle and stuff so i'm really happy that football did kind of awesome. you know introduce me to that part of the world because it's definitely somewhere that maybe not sort of now but when the kids are a bit older I could definitely see ourselves going back up and really nice yeah. it, like it, it definitely is a long way away from north london though that that is for yeah, sure it's very it's, it's very but having said that it's literally an hour on the plane so oh, like, okay. it takes <laughs> 
The only time I went there was on the overnight sleeper. Twelve hours that took. Yeah, oh yeah, oh. I've heard about that one. Yeah, wow. yeah, I never, I never did the train. But, Don't um... do that. Never, <laughs> ever, <laughs> never, ever yeah. do that. Yeah. Overnight sleeper. That's probably really hard to sleep on. Yeah, you can't imagine. sleep on them. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and then you sort of wake up and you think, oh, this scenery's very nice, but coming back's not so great because you're coming into Euston. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not all that. But yeah, an hour on a plane's yeah. not too bad, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The plane's all right if you can if you can get a flight. It's not actually that many flights since COVID up and down so. of course yeah. yeah so are you, are you back in the in, in the london area now then tommy so, yeah i'm in um joe tring, tring? Yeah. oh yeah no, tring, yeah. No, tring, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Near, so, um, so tommy smith lives that way around that sort of area. about uh yeah i'm not actually from this kind of area myself my missus from mill hill joe mill hill yeah mill hill north yeah. london yeah 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 so that's that's where i was living when i was at watford for the majority of the time and then my family are more kind of at, like london essex where you know woodford's yeah woodford, yeah, woodford, yeah. yeah so that's where i'm sort of originally from from. so it's about it's about an hour from Woodford about 40 minutes 35 40 minutes from Mill Hill so it's kind of close to the family for a bit of childcare help but not too close ah, that's it like so, your style that's yeah. it like what you're doing don't forget if you are in Tring you can always scare the kids with that zoological museum with all the stuffed uh, yeah wildlife. I haven't actually been in there yet but I've heard is it it's, it's, it's like a mausoleum you up, take them in there yeah <laughs> come, <laughs> come and have a look at a stuffed <laughs> polar bear you'll love it it's, really? it's yeah. literally stuffed animals <laughs> from, from floor to ceiling and, and you know you name it it's in i think they've got a dodo in there as well actually really yeah, yeah no, I believe I have heard. do you work for the tourist board justice uh, yeah <laughs> i work for the tring yeah the tring tourist board. manager of the museum yeah, see, yeah 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 open every day between nine and five yeah uh, probably <laughs> we get an invite to go and cut a ribbon soon or something exactly yeah when they reopen it yeah <laughs> so so just to kind of wrap up like that um not the podcast but just before we, we run through the questions and again i don't want to uh, dwell on it but You've obviously got to the point in your in your life in your career where you know your 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 body you know the injury can't go on. Was that was that a decision that you kind of made in your own head because you you know what you felt or was it medical advice? How did it sort of all, all come? Yeah, no. So I, yeah, first of all, I just want to say that like it's there, it was definitely my decision. So I wasn't like not that I, I'm I'm proud or I want to say it was my decision. No, 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 no. But, but yeah, but it's um, but yeah. So like I physically, I probably well, I haven't said that my ankle is actually still really sore, but I'm not even going to check now. But but physically, you know, I could have carried on playing. Like I I, I haven't had an injury that said right, that's it, you're done. And you're finished but I think for me it was just more the main reason probably is the, you know the injuries and what they maybe done like mentally if you like but that they have they have taken the soul mentally and physically and I think just genuinely like the enjoyment of football like you know the way I, I when we talk about back like that Zola season the Jakanovic season even like the Blackburn year like stuff like that like the kind of feelings and enjoyment that I was getting from football then I just I, I just wasn't sort of getting it anymore like playing it, it everything was becoming more of a chore I, I was never playing without pain there was always um you know pain be it my knees or my ankle you know i, I was taking painkillers before every game and you know i know a lot a lot of players you know do that as you get older but for me i felt like i was i'm 27 i'm meant to be in you know the prime of my career now and i felt like i was maybe 10 percent off what i could have been or should have been even when yeah. i was feeling really good sort of last year whereas you know but 
I, I feel like I should have been even better than you know 27 you know you're, you're in your peak athletic years and I felt like I wasn't what I was when I was sort of 19 20 kind of thing and and it, it was just it was just hard and um, as I say all, all of that was taken a toll out of the enjoyment of it and I felt like I was I was coming home the, the, what I was given to football and putting into it was was you know still the same I was putting so much into it I was it was consuming everything like I was becoming obsessed with I need like once I get back to this level in the championship then I'll be happy I've, I've still once I get to the prem then I'll be I'll be really happy and I was just constantly setting like this is when I do this then I'll be happy but I was never actually enjoying the the present moment of, of being exactly exactly mm, of, of mm. doing it and being a footballer anymore and I think something just kind of clicked this year it, I don't even know what it was there's a few things in pre-season really like maybe little triggers that actually made me do it but I just kind of realized hang on a minute if I'm I'm, I'm giving so much to this still but if, if I'm not enjoying it like what, what's the point like maybe it just doesn't it, it doesn't matter like if just because I've done football my whole life I don't have to do football my whole life and in five or six years time if things even if things go really well I'm going to be retiring anyway and starting a whole new chapter in my life it just I just kind of thought I might as well try and find some enjoyment now rather than just kind of slogging out the next six or seven years just bumbling along just you know kind of being a, a shadow of kind of the person that I wanted to be if you know what I mean and honestly since I have stopped I've I know it's pretty easy to say it everyone thinks oh he's just saying it but I, I haven't actually missed you know, actually playing professional football, the day-to-day life of it, I haven't missed. And I'm actually starting to probably enjoy football again more now, just like watching it. Because I, whenever I used to watch it, I was watching it just for like, you know, education. Like, well, what's he doing? What's he doing? What should he be doing? But I'm actually just enjoying watching a game again. And I play a little bit with my friends just sort of once a week. Like Five aside, got a ringer. Literally, literally <laughs> seven aside. I mean, it's exactly that. But but literally, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Like, it's, it's so good. And I was never getting that going out to training and stuff anymore. And it's, um, it's been Good. You sound you, you sound to me to, if you don't mind me saying you sound like you're, you're actually enjoying your life you know rather than worrying about what might be what could be and putting all that pressure on you not just you your family as well you know exactly. fair play to you mate it's a, it's a that's a it's a huge it's a brave move and honestly uh, off the cap credit to you because that's um that, that, that can't be easy you know when you're a young kid wanting to be a footballer as as we all did you know every, everyone sat here wanting to be a footballer you did it and, and that in it's, that, that in itself is you know is, is a credit to you. So, so fair play plans for the future you got any any sort of ideas what you want to do or are you getting under your missus feet is she threatening to <laughs> sling you out no well, I'm trying to trying to get away from them as much as no, <laughs> yeah, she's, she, she, she's good to be fair missus and she, she um, I probably am even though I'm um, I'm around kind of more if you know what I mean I mean like the weekends yeah. and stuff but I'm, I'm actually probably around less because I'm starting to kind of work like when I was playing football like you're home by two three o'clock every day but I was but then I just say to her, oh no, I need to rest now. Feet up on the sofa. And then I wouldn't I've had a full me. day's work. I need to <laughs> yeah, chill out. Exactly. Yeah. But now when I when I, when I go down, I've actually got to do a bit. But um, but yeah, so I've, I'm going into like financial planning. So my, my my dad's he's a financial planner. He's got his own sort of um, business with that, and that was kind of always my kind of plan. Off plan, lots of planning. <laughs> my plan um, after football was um, always to kind of go into that, and that, that was kind of another reason why I probably decided to retire now just kind of the whole idea of sort of getting into this and trying to grow a business with this just became more exciting to me than um, than actually playing football anymore and, and I see uh, hopefully um, you know I've got contacts and stuff through football and a lot of boys in football are kind of the perfect um, you know course, sort of clients yeah, in terms yeah. of yeah. you know they you, often you get a lot of money quite young 
not quite sure what to do with it, how to manage it best and um, how to make the most of kind of your peak earning potential so young. So it's definitely something that I'd like to help a lot of other players with and and then people, you know, just in general outside of football. Because like for me personally, it's given me so much freedom in terms of, you know, now being able to take this time to like study and and go into what I want to do rather than what I have to do. Because I think it's just, you know, a really important area for, for everyone really. It's probably easier to do it at your age now as well rather than sort of five years time when you might be a bit more set in your ways a bit more stubborn maybe you think oh am I a bit too old to maybe start doing this sort of thing very true very true I completely agree so I always think like I almost feel a little bit like that now as in kind of old going but like studying compared to you know 21 year olds or whatever but yeah if I'm, you know, sort of late thirties or mid to late thirties going into it, my kids are, are closer to the people studying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, yeah. than I am. Then it, it probably would feel weird. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I see myself as, you know, sort of very young in this kind of next like career path. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually just really enjoying kind of like working the brain, brain again. Because it's been so long since school. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was 16 was the last time I took an exam. I did one the other week there now, and it was actually really weird, like trying to <laughs> yeah. just felt so weird again. <laughs> yeah, doing it. But, absolutely. But no, it was good. We wish you all the luck with that. And yeah, awesome. Punters questions. Punters questions. Punters questions. First question comes from Chris Bell. Which players were you closest to during your Watford days? That's his first question. He's got two. There's three boys that through from Watford that I, I would say are like close friends that I keep in you know, close contact with. And that would be um, Luke O'Neill, Bernard Mensah and Jonathan Bond. Okay, goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bond, he's at LA Galaxy now, isn't he? Yeah, Bond, he's, he's doing really well, actually, LA Galaxy. Yeah. He, he didn't play for it. He was like number three at uh, West Brom for a while. So it was kind yeah. of off the radar for a bit. But he's actually got an American passport through his mum's. That helps as well in getting sort of out there to play. And um, he's gone out there and he's absolutely flying. And yeah. He's, he's a yeah. really good goalkeeper, Bondy. Like, I always felt like he could have got a chance in at Watford as well. But it obviously didn't he always, I always felt with Bondy that he, he was, how do I put this? He was, he was around at the wrong time. Does that make sense? That just the goalkeepers yeah. that sort of came in. He, yeah, it was just unfortunate for him. Exactly, yeah. He was number two to his name, Almunia and Gomez. And Gomez. Exactly. Like, it's, they're, you know, two of top Premier League goalkeepers that, you know, towards the end of their career, yeah, <laughs> they'll stop off and hold Bondy back. Yeah, that's Fair a play to him. I'm glad he's doing well over there. No, actually. He's, that's awesome. and he's, he's, he's enjoying his life out there as well. I can I'm imagine. Sure I can think of worse places to, uh, oh, to yeah. be spending your time. Yeah. You haven't got to worry about Bondy, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> The, the second part of his question is uh, the best player you played with I would say it's really it's hard I always felt like Etienne Capu I felt like ability wise he was really really good like he it's, it's hard to say the best player because there's so yeah, many because there's so many so yeah. many came in but um, but like yeah maybe off pure ability wise I'm, am I forgetting anyone well, obviously you got like so like Richarlison and stuff now obviously flying but I still think Capu for me like, yeah. ability wise yeah. well He's, I mean, he's done well, hasn't he? He went and won the UEFA Cup, so... Yeah, didn't he? Of course, last year, yeah. But he's... I mean, I, I don't know what you got for as fans, but if you just watched him, the way he kind of moved and stuff, he's just so sort of natural, like... Yeah, Rolls-Royce, I used to call him. He used he to was, 
glide. Yeah, exactly. Just glide, just glide, yeah. And physically, like he was, he was never in the gym, but when he was stretching <laughs> and stuff, but he was strong, like quick as well. Just, yeah, he's, he's a good player. He used to pop up with the old gold as well, just when you needed it. Just when you needed it, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> That's what you want from midfielder, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So then, next question is from Vic Bate. And this is Was there any resentment or uh, any problems when the Pozzos came in and there was a sudden influx of Udinese and Granada players in 12 and 13? We kind of covered it in the podcast, but I mean, I guess what he's trying to say that as a group of players that are already at the club, you're, you're sitting in the changing room and you, then there's all these new guys sort of turning up. I guess they almost turned up in a van, didn't they? And Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. I'm still not sure how they all got here. <laughs> the immigration got let them through but <laughs> for me personally no as I said because I, I was I think so young at that stage it was all just I didn't really understand it all like I was just enjoying it but there definitely was 100% from from maybe older more senior players the guys that sort of came they came in and took their place if you like sort of in the team and then also maybe from younger boys that were a bit older who had been sort of on that cusp of breaking through and were getting through and then suddenly you know all these these other the young guys yeah the doors almost like slammed shut on them isn't it exactly exactly and I think there definitely was some you know resentment a lot of boys you know honestly it probably isn't fair like I was was one of the fortunate ones it it worked out well for me but I completely see how you know other boys would have been really frustrated and and disappointed at the time and and can look at it that it you know that it wasn't fair and and stuff like that but but yeah at the end of the day that that's football and I know not every club's like Watford but you know these kind of things there's a lot of politics involved in football and these kind of things do unfortunately happen and the players just got to be strong and believe in themselves and um, the opportunity might close somewhere but there can be another door that can open up somewhere else fair play fair play good good answer as well this next question comes from Adam and it's does it help young players going to non-league clubs to improve their game I guess playing football is is what you need as a young player I think so yeah I think um, I think I think the the right path is probably different you can't say there's one right path for every player because every player is different Different, you know, going on loan for one player can be really beneficial, but then other boys, you know, never go on loan and break through, you know, have a slower journey, go through 23s or whatever at their club and then and, and can break through. But for me personally, and looking at a few other sort of boys that I know well, say like Luke 09, um, mm. Brit, Brit Asombolonga as well, for yeah, example. Brit, God. They, they both went to Wheelstone yeah, um, yeah. and sort of worked, literally worked their way through the leagues, like going from Wheelstone to the conference, to League Two, to League One, to the Championship. And I think that progression of up the football ladder really is actually really beneficial and obviously I wouldn't change anything in my career but if I could and if I go back and I was I was fit I think I would probably do it in that in that way because it kind of rather than having like a lot of success early and then always comparing everything to that early success and if it's not quite there you just don't feel like it's quite good enough I think when you start lower and sort of work your way up step by step you, you feel like you're always progressing it's uh and and always learning as well you know there's um, I'm not saying you know, it, I regret my journey at all or anything. I, I don't, but you know that way can definitely be be very beneficial. Yeah. Next question is toughest opponent you faced. Is there a player that you remember going? Oh, not him again. There is. I'm, I always say this. So whenever anyone asks this question, it's probably quite surprising. But I remember playing Ricardo Fuller in my first season. Oh, at Stoke. And, uh, well, he was at Stoke, but he was actually at Charlton when we played. Oh, him, like, I in remember the, him. The championship. Yeah, he was a monster, wasn't he? He, he was. Yeah, because I was only like eighteen at the time. I was young, and like suddenly coming up against him, like this big, physical, 
quick, like just knew how to use his body, like good in the air. And I just, I found him really tough to play against. And so he's maybe not the biggest name, but like I always remember him having a big impact on I do remember him. Yeah, I remember him at, at Stoke. I, I was talking to Gifton Noel Williams about him because they had um, Ricardo Fuller and um, no. I probably got his name wrong, but they honestly, they were monsters. I was at my, a quick story for me, my friend's a, a massive South End fan. And right. he said to me, he says, come on, uh, we're going to Stoke away. And we were literally at the front of the of the stand. Ricardo Fuller um, got one in about the 83rd minute and literally stood in front of us, took his top up and he was just like, <laughs> just Whoa. shredded. Just yeah. shredded. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's so real. Yeah, so real. No human should look like that. It's, out, <laughs> it's outrageous. But yeah, yeah no, no I, I can I definitely feel that. He was still like that when I played against him. That's a good call. God, yeah, that's a blast yeah. from the past. Right, I've promised this man we'll do his quick because he's a, he's a Willstone fan. So he's he's. But does Tommy have any memories of his first game for the mighty Willstone away to Dartford, which is where you made your debut for them um, yeah. in the, in their trophy run? According to this, you went straight into the side as they had so many injuries. He was immense in a patched up defence. There you go. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Actually, I, 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 that's probably one of the few games that I got a good memory of because um, they, it was it, it wasn't like all the games weren't like that. But we played against Darth, I think they were the league above, and because it was an FA Trophy, it was like, like you know it was it was quite a big game. So they, they had a lot of fans there. Wildstone brought a lot of fans, and it was my first game of of a proper atmosphere like my first ever real competitive game where something was really riding on it and there was yeah. a big atmosphere and I didn't really realise how much was riding on it at the time but um, but yeah I, I can't remember the score was it 1-0 or 2-1 I can't 1-0 I think I did have it, it somewhere yeah but it was yeah no I, I do remember it and it was um, it was it was like literally getting thrown into felt like in Gladiator or something like, <laughs> from, from nice little sort of tippy tappy academy football to this just long ball jumping getting elbowed smashed like it was a proper <laughs> baptism of fire whatever you want to if you like but um but yeah no I definitely like really enjoyed it and yeah a nice little introduction of what was to come for the next few months <laughs> yeah just just yeah. before I let you go just one question that, that, that and it kind of goes back to your to the managers that you've had because you're a defender and I know um you kind of used to try and play you on the, the left sometimes as well was there a, a coach or manager that or, you know a type of player that ex-player that you preferred being coached by let's say like Malky or Sean Dyche um, rather than Zola because of, of where you played was it was it more fitting or in your opinion it didn't really matter well I guess with Malky and, and Dyche I never really got yeah I guess properly got coached by them because I was quite young it was always just a bit I'd train with them a little bit yeah when, when they needed kind of and then about the youth team so um, it's very hard to answer that you know on them but um, there's definitely I'd say yeah like a, types of managers that made it easy sort of easier to play under and I guess like with Djokanovic what I liked was he was just very he was really just clear and simple of what he wanted to be like I'd, rather than overcomplicating things he would literally say give me th- three little pointers to remember like say on the ball like you get the ball look up he'll be there either pass it to him if he's not there look there he'll be there pass it to him and if neither of them are there just launch it a little bit longer <laughs> And, and and literally Troy and Troy will be there and he just yeah. made things like really <laughs> simple and then like we do like patterns of play and training and every day I just work on them them three little things and it was just simple and then like defensively balls there get in here balls there get out there when they do that don't worry about the ball just run with him and do that and he just he just broke things down and made it really clear 
clear and simple and then and then yeah you kind of go out and then when you're only thinking of just a couple little things it just almost decomplicates everything and then sometimes when you're thinking of so many different things and going out to the pitch that's when you just get muddled and you get you know just um yeah too nervous and too sort of just in the wrong sort of mindset but yeah he, he just broke things down and kept it simple and felt like it worked quite well for me that's it good certainly, certainly worked well for us that season yeah exactly <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. All the best uh, with w- what you're doing outside of football now. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And uh, and thank you for wearing the, the, the Hornets yellow. Uh, it's a privilege to watch you, mate. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Top man. Thanks, Tommy. Cheers, Tommy. Cheers. Cheers. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.